So we're going to go ahead and get started. You are in session, What a Girl Wants. If that is not the session you thought you were coming to, apologize. You are free to go without judgment. <laughs> but uh, we are going to be talking about what a teenage girl wants. We'll be breaking it down into what are they looking for from their leaders and what do they want in life in general. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. My name is Angel Perevsky the Girls' Ministry Director for the Great State of Ohio, OHIO. Yes, ladies represent. Um, I'm also the co-pastor of Radiant Life Church in Wadsworth. I love ministry, I love serving, and so I'm excited to be here with you guys today. I'm also excited to introduce my beautiful daughter, Bree. Yeah, give it up for Bree. And when she did a breakout session at the Teen Girl Conference, she said, I'm single, and if you know any Christian guys who like to mingle, um, dad's in the back. You can't say that. She was born in Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, we just, we like to have fun. So we are not sitting up here with all the answers. We also know that um, you're going to come across girls that are going to want maybe different things. Um, But what we did is we took our years of experience, either being in youth ministry, I have about, oh goodness, 19, 20 years of being in youth ministry. I think I just aged myself. Um, I have three daughters, two of which are teenagers, one who's almost there, and then uh, Bree is obviously a teenage girl herself, so um, who loves Jesus, who's very involved in ministry, and is who's um, passionate about being here with us today. So we're going to talk and dialogue. If at any point you want to interject, ask a question, um, want us to elaborate a little bit more, like maybe we haven't spent enough time explaining what we mean by something, I invite you to just, you know, slip up your hand and just get our attention. We'd love to just talk about what you need today. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get started, and we're going to begin with what a teenage girl wants from her leader. So take it away, Bree, you got this part. Encouragement. Um, we need to know that there's somebody who loves us and cares about us. So what does that look like, right? Teenage girls want encouragement, somebody that loves them, that cares about them. And we talked about it's even in like the little things, the little compliments you get. Nobody in this room doesn't want to be um, encouraged and be lifted up. Nobody wants to be um, overlooked when maybe they look nice, right? Like, what's the worst thing in the world? You, like, get all special done up, and you're thinking, like, I'm going out on a date with my husband or my man, and they don't notice, and you're like, you don't know how long I've worked on this face. Like, you better say something, right? Um, You know, and I say that kind of silly and and joking around, but in all reality, teenage girls do want to be complimented. They want to be encouraged, even if it's something as silly as their hair looks nice or they got new jeans. Those are things that matter to them, right? So Mm -hmm. take the time and compliment them. Tell them what they're doing right, because all day long they get called out for what they do wrong. Stop talking. Did you do this? Here's your F on your paper. I mean, think about the things. You notice when something doesn't go right, um, and, you, and you get told that. But what about the times when they do go right? What about when they have you know, reached out to somebody in your, um, in your classroom or in your youth group, and you see them just really step up? Or maybe you just liked the way you saw them worshiping in church on a Sunday morning, and you're like, wow, what an example you are. Take the time to have those conversations. I so appreciate your example of worship. I so appreciate the way that when that girl came into class, you introduced yourself right away. You didn't wait to be asked to, and and you didn't let her sit there alone. 
call them out for it because what gets rewarded gets repeated, right? And it also validates that they're, they're doing something right. They're honoring the Lord with their lifestyle. So be intentional about that in um, the little things. Send a text um, to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. How is that game you were in? Um, you know, remember what we talk about. I know that's hard because personally I can barely remember a name. I, that's hard. <laughs> but the little things, just remembering, um, you know, oh, what happened at that, you know, thing, that party you were at last weekend? Just like the little things. I remember a story that was just told a couple weeks ago about a girl who went with a friend to a different youth group. And she saw this leader, and it, she had a great time. And two years later, she sees this leader, and the leader was like, oh, hey, you know, I don't know. Calls her by name. Calls yeah. her by her name and asks her, how are you doing with this thing that she told her about when she was there? It's just about remembering, and that made that girl feel really special. So just send a text, remember. Yeah, so the next thing, oh, yes. Okay, well, I come from a uh, teacher It is okay in the church. I mean, in most circumstances, um, and I would say, because I, I don't want to blanket that that it's always safe. There are people yeah. that's not going to be safe with, um, and you probably are going to know those situations. For me, um, I'm just going to say what I said earlier, and if a youth pastor hears this later, okay? Um, the people who probably need to be here the most are our male youth leaders and our male children's leaders who are ministering to kids, right? So we look around the room. Why do they need to be here most? For questions like that. Because I'm going to take, for example, one thing that if I could get on a soapbox and talk about, like, for longer than I probably should, is the fact that girls don't know how to be loved by men in a way that's not sexual. And what we do in ministry is the youth pastor say, go see my wife. Go talk to my wife, right? Because it's the safe thing to do. And I would applaud that. Yes, that's good. There are things that the wife needs to talk about. But our, our young girls, especially our teenage girls, need to be in an environment where they feel safe and they feel loved and they feel valued and protected in a way that isn't sexual and that's not inappropriate so that every guy who makes them feel, ooh, it doesn't turn into something that God never intended it to be, Right? So that being said, to answer your question further, you're going to have times where maybe it's a group text then. So, so if I'm texting a young man or a young woman in my church and there's an issue, I might include the mom. I almost always will include, if it's a boy, I'm including my husband and our youth pastor. Always. If it's a girl and there might be, like, we don't have that relationship or I'm not really sure of the background, I'm going to add the mom to the text or another youth leader in that text. It's never just going to be one-on-one. -on -one. There's always proof for that. So, But making sure you do that because those follow-up things do, like, yeah. they go a long way. We like to be remembered, right? We like to be remembered when we have a conversation, like, hey, this is going on in our life and somebody follows up with us. We're like, you care, right? <laughs> so imagine a teenage girl that's like, I need to know that you care about me more than you just care about teaching me. Mm -hmm. I need to know you love me for me, not just for your agenda for my life. Because if we're being honest, we're in this room because we have an agenda, right? We do. And we would be wrong not to, because our goal is to disciple, to go out into all the world. So that is our agenda as a Christian, but we can't forget about loving first. And so that does. It starts with encouragement. Yeah. Um, another uh, word about 
Um, a suggestion is, are you faster? If we have a discussion with um, one of the kids, she always recommends us snapshotting it and mm -hmm. saving it and sending it to her. Yeah. That way she is in the know about what's going on mm -hmm. and it also protects you and that student if the student were to come up and say anything. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Did I see your hand? I don't have a clue what that's about. No, a, a picture. Like, like a screenshot it, of it. Like take a picture of the message. So not the Snapchat app, just the like, here is a picture of what just happened. Oh, you can forward it to somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Was your hand up in the back? No, okay. okay. Anybody else on that? I will. I'll add something. Yeah. From in our um, youth pastoring days, one thing my husband and I did uh, was, like, if we were going to be talking, um, it was usually around Valentine's Day because you're talking about right. all the fun stuff of dating and sex and all that. Mm -hmm. We, a couple of years, switched, and I went to the guys yeah. with the guy youth leaders, mm -hmm. and Jeremiah took the girls with our lady yeah. youth leaders. And we talk, went at it from that aspect. And the kids, even today, I mean, this was 10 years ago, come back to us and say, thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's mostly the girls. Right. You know, but just <laughs> right. Giving, because they had the right kind of relationship, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly. And so, I mean, it really, it made us think. And so yeah. we did that more and more mm -hmm. often. We tried to switch things up. And we made sure that Jeremiah and I were always protected. Yeah. That yeah. we had other leaders with us. But that was one thing that really helped us bridge that gap. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, right here. I have a question for your daughter. Sure. Oh, okay. That'd be interesting. No questions. This is from the grandma mentor perspective. Mm -hmm. How would you, as, as a young teenager, do you think there's still a validity of mail? Getting something in the mailbox? A little note, I appreciate you. A little note, we missed you. Not just... You're texting? What's validity mean? Is it, does it still matter <laughs> to you? This is a matter to you. <laughs> I was all, uh, <laughs> okay, this is something you appreciate or like. I love this moment. Yes, so actually when I was, when we first came to our new church, I was having church my whole life when we came, and I got something in the mail because I missed weeks. So I was just sick, and it just said, we missed you this week. And that made my whole day because, like, really? They miss me? I've never gotten this before. Um, yeah. I think everybody at some point, just getting that, like, for me, I still love going outside and checking the mail and seeing if I got anything. <laughs> Even if it's not my birthday and I know there's going to be nothing for me in there. I like seeing what's coming. And um, just getting that little, you know, encouragement. Just, hey, I'm just thinking about you. Um, thought I just sang you this cute card with a little puppy on it or whatever. <laughs> yes, it does mean a lot. Good. Great question. See? Yeah, there is. There's definitely still a place for cards. So the next thing a teenage girl is looking at from their leadership is they're actually looking for advice. Yeah. So what kind of advice are they looking for, Brie? How to stand up for yourself. You know, when people are at school you know, talking about you, how do you practically um, get through it? You know, how do you turn the cheek, you know, when you're going through that kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. And then also, how to stand firm in your faith um, when life throws curveballs. So uh, as teenage girls, we go through, you know, those oceans, you know, everything that we go through, whether it's, you know, we're going through a breakup or, you know, our parents are going through a divorce or 
our friend just, you know, sent us a text or was talking about us behind our back or we're getting bullied, whatever is happening, how can we stand firm in our faith? You know, I, I feel as teenage girls that um, when that kind of stuff happens, we want to blame it on God and we just want to, you know, turn him, you know, turn away from him because it's all, oh, well, if, if God was here, then this wouldn't have happened. You know, how do we stand firm? How do we um, continue to have a strong faith, you know, a solid um, faith during everything that we go through? Yeah, and so it's hard because we want to give them practical advice, but we don't want to be like, naggy right that's the conflict for us as adults and we're like we got the right answer because we've done this you know we've been to this rodeo before we know the outcome but it's hard to it's hard to just inject yourself in that right so the important thing with giving advice to a teenager um, number one is to make sure that you have fully listened um Fully listen through that. Don't hop in and give the advice before they haven't even finished their story. And it might be the detail that does not matter because you know we are women and sometimes we get like, it's a four-hour conversation for a one-minute question, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that happens. There are times when you're like, oh, I just want to hop right in. Let them get it off their chest. Let them fully share. Um, and then my advice to you would be start with questions. So what I hear you saying is, how did this make you feel when? Dig just a little bit deeper. The best kind of advice is when it actually is coming from them. Especially these girls that you have a relationship with, you know that they probably know the right answer, and if it was somebody else, they would tell them what to do, but for them, it hurts so bad they can't see it, you know? Um, so ask them prompted questions. You know, as I talk with Bree about this, she said, you know, we really want to know how to be more like God, but we say these church things, and we don't know always what that looks like. You know, we don't necessarily, so you, you're, I'm told to read my Bible every day. I get it. I read my Bible every day. But how can that practically ap apply to my life? Give me some practicals on, you know, when I'm struggling with this, this is, you know, steps A, B, and C that can help me with that. Um, this is what a follow of Christ looks like. This is, you know, what they're, this is what they look like. Right? What does that mean? That's so vague. It's so general. But we say that. Well, they look kind. And they look forgiving, and they look um, compassionate. They look faithful during different times, you know. And so you walk them through the practical element of that, um, so that they know pitfalls to avoid, right? So we have these we have these circumstances and situations, like she was talking about with relationships. So here you have like a teenage girl going through a breakup. Okay. So all of us can insert like a million eye rolls right now, right? <laughs> and we have our own thoughts and opinions on that. But when you have the same girl going through boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend, there's a problem. And it's not that there are bad boys in the world. It's that she's choosing bad relationships. So get, help her get to the surface of that. So instead of just getting through the instantaneous heartbreak of it, you know, let's talk about why did you choose him? Yeah. Why did you choose him? Yeah. Um, I think also I just went, actually last Sunday, we went through, um, two of the kids in our youth, they had been dating, mm -hmm. and they went through a breakup, and she started coming because he was already a part of our youth, and so um, it got to the point where she felt like she needed to leave because it was uncomfortable for them to be mm -hmm. um, in the same yeah. And, you know, he's a little bit of a tattletale. And so <laughs> he kept coming to me with, like, he said, she said stuff. And I was yeah. like, no, we're not dealing with the drama. Yeah. We're not doing that. And so after youth, I pulled the two of them into uh, the office with my fiancé and I. And we just 
we had a talk about how to handle a breakup, how to like talk through the breakup and mm-hmm. communicate as to why it's happening mm-hmm. and what it is that you need out of that breakup. Yeah. Friendship, if you need to just not talk for a while, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm the size of the room. I don't right. Care. But, um, like, the drama, and he said, she said, it just fuels things, and it makes mm-hmm. it more painful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and a lot of very positive things came out of it because it was each of their first breakups, and I don't think that they they knew. Yeah. You know, they didn't know that it was normal what they were going through. Right. You know, and I expressed, I, I'm like, I said literally everything that you said to him in those texts verbatim at some point in my teenage years. Right. <laughs> you know, like, Yep. So I'm like, it's normal. It's not wrong. Like, yeah. But you also need to be more respectful of yes. each other throughout yeah. the whole process. And so I think it was very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they actually had a discussion afterwards. It was very civil. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they came out of the room and they were, they were fine. That's awesome. Um, so I think also just taking that time to help them figure it out. Definitely. It's very positive. Because I wish somebody would have done that with me. Right. Yep. Because if I had learned through my first breakup that that was normal and that other people are going through mm-hmm. that too, and learn how to have that discussion with the other person throughout the breakup, it would have yeah. made future breakups so much easier. Yes. Yeah. Ladies in the room, you're not washed up. Like, that's the point, right? You are needed. We need your input. We need your wisdom. These girls need you to speak into their lives. But we can't be afraid to give advice. Uh, We just need to start with listening. So that's good. That's good stuff. We also need a friend. We don't need another parent. We have those. (laughs) You know, we need... They're amazing. No, no, we need a friend, like a friend, but just wiser. You know, be our friend in the mentor sense. Um, you know, we don't need to be besties, cause I mean, obviously, some of the girls in the youth group might be twelve, and <laughs> I mean, that'd be weird for you. It would be really weird, right? But just be our friend. Have fun with us. Be silly. Yeah. You know, again, just send a text. Or, do you know what? Why don't you come sit with me at church on Sunday? You know, just different things. Be a friend. Um, so we have in our house, um, when we when she keeps using this term friend, we have levels of friendship that we teach mm-hmm. our girls. So from mm-hmm. a young age, we talk about there are three levels of friendships. There are those friends that are less spiritual than you. Those are the people who you are kind to them. You're, you would hang out with them on occasion, but they're not going to be the ones who's always at our house or you're always at their house. They're the ones that you might sit next to at the high school basketball game on occasion. You're going to say hi in the hallway. But your main role in that, in that relationship is truly to love them and love them to Christ. You are more spiritual than them. You are there to be a role model for them. That's your primary goal. Then the next level of friendship we talk about are those that are your equals. They're equally spiritual than you. Those are probably like the girls that are spending the night at your house. You got your Snapchat streaks with them. Um, You are going to talk to them about your problems uh, because you wouldn't talk to the ones before about your problems, right? So you're going to talk to them about your problems, and they're probably going to like have your back and want to fight for you, right? Because they're not more spiritual than you, right? But they're, they're your friends, they're your good friends, and that's okay. But you know that your advice doesn't come from them. Then we say your best friends, the next level, the final level of friendship. These are your best friends. These are the ones that they love the Lord. You trust them with their counsel, with their advice. These are the ones that they might have your back, but they're also going to challenge you if you're wrong. 
So that's what we're talking about. When she says be our friend, be that third level of friendship. Be that yeah. friend that's going to listen to you, that's going to have your back. But then I'm going to challenge you if there's something wrong in here. And we all know when we talk about our friendships, I will call there are a couple people in my life and I say, I just need to know if I'm off base. I need you to listen to me, hear me out, and I genuinely want to know, right? And so even though they love me and even though they're my friend, they're my best friend when they say, I hear what you're saying, but have you ever thought about it from this angle, right? Because that sharpens us and it challenges us, and that's what our students need. They need somebody who's going to spend time with them and be silly and all those things that Brie was saying. You know, as a, a former youth pastor being in youth ministry for a long time, um, my, my life shifted when I had my own kids, right? Because for a moment when I was young and in ministry, I did almost look at it like a parent role. It is not our job to be their parent. It is our job to support their parent. And I know that there will be seasons when that parent isn't necessarily worthy of being supported, right, from a Christian standpoint, but it is their parent. So then what do we do? We resource that parent. We love that parent. We stand alongside that parent, and we develop a relationship so that one day we can, right? Mm -hmm. um, but our girls don't need us to, like, you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that, and lecture here, and lecture there. And, uh, they just want to come in and feel safe with you. To know that I can be me, I can stand alongside you, and you're going to love me, and you're going to sharpen me, and we're going to have fun together, and we can just, like, get along just fine. So, the next one is consistency. Consistency. What can we expect from you? So, what can a teenage girl expect from you? What does that mean? That means a lot of things. Who are you to be around? And, what, and taking that a step further, what do I mean by that? Are you the same person to them in the youth room as you are in your club room, as you are if you see them at Walmart, and as you are on a Sunday morning? What about when your adult friends are around? Do you become a different person? Do they no longer matter to you anymore? Are they just like the peons in the moment? You just sit here to the side. What can I expect from you? Can I expect that I'm important in this room just as much as I'm important if I text you, just as much as I'm important if I see you at the store? Who are you to me? What can I expect from you in that area? Um, do you have a flavor of the week? You know, because it's really easy to do in ministry is to find somebody who we have invested a little bit more in that becomes our favorite on accident. And so you have these students that come in, and they don't know where they stand anymore. Because I thought this was a safe place. And friends, hear me on this. I'm not saying it's wrong to invest more in some kids than in others. You're going to need to do that to effectively minister at one point in time. There are going to be people who will need you. We had students who basically lived with us at one point in our life, like no exaggeration, um, who needed that. But in the youth room, you were just another kid. Nobody else knew it. Nobody else. I'm looking at a friend of mine in the back who teaches special needs kids. If a kid does or has an accident, you're not telling the whole class, hey, look, I helped him behind the scenes. He had an accident, and I needed him, and so we have this special relationship. No, you help them. You help them undercover, right? You don't draw attention to the fact that they need that extra bit of love, and everybody in the class is equal, and everybody in the class is special, and everybody in the class has equal access to you, right? But if we come in with our favorites, you are alienating from the beginning those girls who also want a piece of your heart because they would not come if they didn't find value there. Even if they don't act like it, they need to feel important to you. 
who are you always um, to us and how do you act when it's just us versus other adults around is also something yeah. to go along with that. Um, our next little point is don't treat us like kids. Awesome. Um, please, <laughs> I beg, <laughs> please don't belittle or talk down to us or make us feel dumb. Because honestly, you know, when we're at school, we might be feeling that way. Kids might be making us feel dumb. Well, I have straight A's and you have C's where you don't know what's going on at home. You know, maybe the parents are making them feel dumb. Um, that's it. Yeah. Just don't treat us like kids. So poking fun is a good thing, right? Like that, that's kind of our culture. We pick on each other. We tease. That's okay, but it shouldn't be the only form of communication. Yeah. When we stop at poking fun or the only kind of conversation that I know how to have with you is like, hey, what's up, dork? Oh, look at you. You know, like those little things you say. If I saw Jeremiah in the hallway, I'd be like, you knucklehead, and I'd high-five him and walk on by. <laughs> but if I, didn't know how to have, if I didn't know how to have a conversation with Jeremiah, I mean, he walked in the last room, and I was like, anybody want to support him for missions? He's, I'm sure you, you, got, you reached your goal yet. You know, we need to ha know how to have another conversation. It's got to be deeper than that. Um, and it's so easy for us as adults on accident to belittle those younger than us. Um, and I'm just going to say younger. I'll take it a step further than even what a teen girl wants, right? Mm -hmm. None of us like to feel belittled. All of us mm -hmm. like to have value. All of us like to have insight in a situation. So it's important to give that. Give that to the girls that you're doing ministry with. Let them feel important. Validate them. And remember that they have they have wisdom. They have insight. Just yesterday, I'm talking with my leaders, and I'm like, from now on, when we're picking T-shirt designs, we're having girls pick this T-shirt design. Like, we're washed up in that area. You know, we're not washed up in others, but, like, I want a 12-year-old girl picking a shirt that a 12-year-old girl is going to wear, not a 50-year-old girl, because that 12-year-old girl knows what's on the shelves. So it's important to remember that there's going to be insight that they have in the room mm -hmm. that is going to hold a little bit water sometimes, more water than what we can. So allow them to have that opportunity. I put some do's on my list so that way because we were talking about don'ts. So talk to us as you would your friends. Remember that we are still growing, not just physically, but we're growing emotionally and we are maturing slowly as we um, age. <laughs> as you age, it's you. <laughs> be silly. It's okay to be silly. Have fun with us. Just another thing, invite us to sit down with you on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night. At my church, we just started this recently. Um, we all sit together on a Sunday morning in the first three rows. And what's amazing about that is our leaders are there. So if a kid goes up to the altar, you'll notice that another kid goes, and then another kid goes, and then the leaders are there, and we're all there to empower each other and pray for each other. Not like we're kids, but we're just hanging out together. We're having fun. You're our friends in that moment. And so that's just another you know, quick thing that we could do. Our next thing is, if you empower us, let us be empowered. You know, don't think we are being bossy for doing our jobs. So at the end of the day, do any of us like to be micromanaged? But yet, it's really hard not to micromanage a young person that we empower. So if it's their job to do, train them to do it and allow them to do it and to do it well. Mm -hmm. Just like we want to be able to do our jobs, they want to be able to do their jobs either. So it's, it's on us in that, in that element. So I'm either going to empower you and say this is yours, you can take it, have it, lead, lead well. And I'm going to back off. I'm going to lovingly oversee it, right? And we're going to maybe have scheduled times where we're following up and checking in on how things are going. Or 
from the beginning, I'm going to say, let's do this together. I'd love to work with you on this. You know, it, there are times in our student ministries where, like, this person's in charge of attendance or this person's in charge of greeting or this person's, you know, wherever you are, either give it to them completely or walk with them through it together. But what we have seen over and over and over again is when sometimes students are given a role, then the youth leader or the club leader or fill-in-your-blank situation comes back and it's like, hey, are you doing that right? Well, why didn't you tell me that this wasn't, I should have known about that. How was I know that you, I didn't know you wanted to know about that, right? Um, and so it, it's real easy to get possessive. And at the end of the day, we all know that that possessiveness is just a matter of insecurity, right? Hear me on that. Being possessive over your ministries, being possessive over micromanaging things is really just our own insecurities that we need to watch and remember that strong leaders breed strong leaders. Mm -hmm. Strong leaders breed strong leaders. So stop trying to prove yourself and prove Jesus in somebody else. You're going to take a note on anything, write that down. Stop trying to prove ourselves and let's start trying to prove Jesus and other people. And that's what we're doing by empowering them. You know, it's not about every single one of us in this room should be in most areas. I can't in the singing department. But in most areas, be able to lead just a little stronger than Brie. We should be probably a little bit wiser in many areas of our lives. Why? Because we have experience, right? Um, so I know that if I'm going to empower her, she's not going to do it the way I would. And she might fall on her face a little bit. And she might fail from time to time. What's that? We did. I'm still doing it. That's my thing. Like, I'm still falling on my face sometimes. Um, but we do. We need to stop trying to say, I got this. I've got it all under control. I know how to do it. Let me just prove that I can do it, that I can do it better. Let me show you. Let me show you and let them lead. Let them be who God has called them to be. But again, choose from the beginning. Is it going to be alongside me or is it going to be yours? Because going back and forth is detrimental to the identity of a teenager. Yeah. So the next thing is a smile. Can everybody say cheese? All right. We, we need you to be happy when you see us. Um, yes, bad days are okay. Um, I think all of us have bad days. But a consistent bleh wears out on us. Keep your bad days at home. We don't want to see them. <laughs> and along with that, come in with a good attitude. Come in with a good attitude. Your, your girls shouldn't be more passionate about showing up than you are to lead them. They should not be more excited about coming into that room. And that hurts a little bit when you really take a step back and you think, I'm usually coming in and it's been a long day and I've had so much on my plate and the kids were acting crazy and my husband was grumpy. And, you know, you fill in all the stuff that happens before we show up to do ministry with girls. And it's real easy to allow ourselves to be like, hey, right, if we're being honest. But what they need from you is an excitable, a good attitude, showing and showing them, hey, life might be tough sometimes, but this right here, this is a safe place. This is where we call it at church. This is my happy place. You know, this is where I come and I just get to be happy and I get to be loved and I get to be loved on. Um, but it, it starts with our attitude, and it does. It, it's a smile and our attitude that makes a big difference. And again, they need to see us having bad days because it shows them how we get through it. But when we have those consistently in front of them, it sets a tone that sometimes is irreversible. Don't be a hypocrite. 
Oh, snap. Don't tell us to not drink, but then you go out with your friends and get your margarita and post it on your Instagram. Oh, snap. If we need to wash our mouths, remember to watch yours, because I will tell you, we are watching everything you do. We see everything. So, give us an example. If you want us to do that, be the example for us. You know, do you sit with the popular kids on Wednesday nights or on Sunday mornings, or do you sit with the nerds? You know, what do you want us to be doing at school? Hmm. You know, you're telling us to go out and reach out to our friends, but if you're acting a different way in the room that we're in, do you want us to be telling them the stuff that you're doing and acting the way you're, you are when we're trying to bring people into your ministry and to further God's kingdom? Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Have fun, ladies. Have fun with your girls. Have so much fun with them. What could that look like, Bree? How can these ladies have fun? Oh, hair girl, let your hair down. <laughs> Play games with them. Yes. I can't move like that. <laughs> can you put your hair down? I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> no, my brother. Yes. <laughs> with them you know at your local church you guys will have games whether before your club rooms or your youth groups whatever um, it is that you do your times with them you'll have games play with them don't just lord over the game get involved get involved in that race okay I'm probably gonna lose I'm not as young as I once was but guess what I'm gonna play because they need to see me engage you need to see me having fun when you go to events we always have games for the events it is not so that the leaders can be like I'm just going to talk to you now because we haven't talked since the last event. I've got girls out there who really need me, but I'm just going to sit here and talk to you, right? And so you could be like, hey, let's have fun. I'll get on my belly and play Hungry Hungry Hippos with you. Absolutely. And if I can't, maybe there's a physical reason why you cannot. That's okay, too. But then you're out there and you're cheering them on and you're right in their business. Like, go, 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 go. But they need to see that element from you. <laughs> yeah, Linda in the back was like, uh-uh, that ain't happening. That ship has sailed. But, you know, sometimes it's... <laughs> Getting on your belly, playing Hungry Hungry. Now, listen, if I get down on the ground and play, which I will, and I have, yes. they got to pick me up. <laughs> and that's true. And she has. And she has. Countless times, over and over and over again. So, so spend some time with them. Maybe it's just silly faces. You know, there are times when there's, like, something going on, and we all have those moments where you're like, okay, that was really annoying or that was frustrating or whatever. The girls in the room know. I mean, you might just want to look over and be like, you know, just make a silly face at them, lighten the mood, let them see you having fun and just getting through those difficult times. You don't have to be the best at everything, right? Yeah. So it isn't about going and playing the game with them and show them how it's done. Like, let me just show you how to win this thing. It's, let's go out there and play this game and let's make a fool of myself. It'll be great. Because then when you fall on your face on accident, you're not going to feel bad because I already did. And I was trying really hard. So, <laughs> so yeah, get out there and have some fun with them. So we're going to move on and transition. Yeah. Yes. One of the most effective times in my life is when I've had difficulty with health issues and whatever, and I've had my girls pray with me. They need to understand that being a Christian doesn't mean it's all sunshine and, and, yes. and lollipops all the time. Mm -hmm. And as, as you tell them you are vulnerable, 
Yeah. And it's okay to be vulnerable mm -hmm. because Jesus made me this way. Right. And this is a challenge I'm having in my life right now. So, girls, I need you to pray. I'm not telling you to feel sorry for me. What I'm telling you is to lift me to the throne of grace. Mm -hmm. And as you see me overcome, which I will. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Then Girl when preach. you go through difficult times, yeah. you can overcome. Amen. Yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. So true. So true. So what do they actually want as a teenage girl? What does a teenage girl want from herself, from life? What are those things that you're longing for? Happiness. We do not want to feel sad. We don't want to be angry. We don't have, want to be, you know, have anxiety. But we want to have a joyful life. If I'm being honest, I think every teenage girl wants the perfect life. You know, the ones that we see in High School Musical or Camp Rock. We want that life. Yes. We, and then... I saw something actually on like I know right. I saw something on Twitter the other day that was like, at 16 years old I thought I would be Hannah Montana, you know, living a double life on a stage, but here I am sitting on my couch eating chips, and I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, we want it. We just want to be happy, and you know, we know that we're you know gonna have bad days, but we just want happiness. We want to have a smile on our face and everything to be perfect. Yeah, and unfortunately, teenage girls have a lot on their plates, and I think it's easy for us to forget that as adults. Because we're in the, you know, influx of everything that's going on in our lives to remember that these kids are going to school full-time, some of them working part-time jobs, they've got extracurricular activities, you get into junior high and high school, that's mostly four or five days a week, sometimes on the weekends, plus games, plus their moms and dads expect them to do chores around the house, and how dare they not get that done, right? So you add that component to it, um, then, you know, I've got to memorize the scripture, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. It is overwhelming to be a teenager. Yeah. And they're still trying to figure out who they are, and it's really easy to get lost in the, I can't keep my head above the water. So then naturally, that's where they get that anxiety and that depression and that fight to, like, oh, I'm miserable. You know, you look at our teenagers today, right? And they're, they're miserable, so many of them. They're looking at everybody else's picture-perfect life on Instagram and wondering why theirs isn't that way. You know, because we all, I do it. We post our best moments, right, the things we're proud of. Um, yeah, but there's that moment of, you know, that they struggle with. I've got so much on my plate, and I feel like I'm letting my parent down if I do this. I'm letting my teacher down if I don't get this great. I'm letting my coach down if I didn't run as hard at practice. I'm letting my youth pastor and my girl sponsor fill in whatever your area is down if I don't come prepared, if I'm not on my game. When all they're like, I just I want to know how to be happy. Like, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. So it's important to know where they're at and remember that they are just struggling in life the same way we are. Um, and their, their things might not hold the level of seriousness, seriousness as we think it does, but it does. It does to them. So it's important to keep that in perspective. And the next thing they want are friends, real friends. <laughs> not, the fakes, not the fake ones when life is, you know, fun and perfect. The ones who stand by your side. For me personally, I have a hard time with friends. I don't have a lot of friends that live nearby. Um... And, you know, the ones that do live nearby, like she was talking about the three levels of friendship, I can't really hang out with them a lot because I notice myself starting to stumble because they do not have, you know, they'll say that they're Christians, but they don't act that way. And so for me, you know, I just want a real friend. You know, for teenage girls, we want that real friend. Yeah, we have friends that we'll hang out with. But they're not somebody that we can connect with, that we can share personal stories with and, you know, 
can just, you know, have fun and be silly with. Yeah. You know, we need that real friend in our life that's going to be there through thick and thin. And so, yeah. And they want plans. They want to have a place to hang out. Like, don't we all? I mean, actually, sometimes I don't want to not have plans. I'm honest. <laughs> I can just sit on my couch. Right. <laughs> there, but you remember that time? Think about when you were a teenage girl and how much you wanted to be invited somewhere. You know, that moment when you just wanted to belong or to, to be accepted somewhere. They want to have a place to go. Uh, we used to, when we were youth pastoring, our biggest events weren't like our REACH conferences and uh, fine arts festivals. We did that. We always had kids go. But our biggest events were the ones where we're like, uh, we used to call them Party at the Perupskis. And it was bring $3, we're ordering pizza. And we just hung out. We played board games. We ate pizza. It didn't, and we prepared in no way, shape, or form. And we would have so many friends, people that didn't even go to our youth group, come to have a party at the pastor's house. Like, drop-off parents would be like, are you sure this is okay? It's kind of weird, right? Yep, bring them in, you know, let's go, the more the merrier. Uh, but it was just the fact that they had plans, that they were with people who cared about them. And so it is important to give them that, you know, let them know that that they do have an opportunity to just come, let their hair down again, see you smile, have some fun. Um, because otherwise they're just worried about what their future is going to be, right? Worrying about, am I ever going to have friends? Am I ever going to have a place to go? We want to set them up for success and let them know that they do they do have a plan, not just for Friday night, but God has a plan for their life. And when we give them plans for their Friday night and we validate them on that, they also remember that there are people in their lives who can speak God's plans into them. So it does. It starts with that. The next thing is, is support. You know, to have someone who believes in us and sees the good. So it's really easy to see the negative sometimes, right? I mean, if, if we're being honest, we expect each other to behave, especially in the church. We expect you should know better. How many of you guys have ever thought it or said it out loud? You should know better. And it's the worst in the church because we probably should. However, in those moments, most of the time we do know better, right? I remember struggling at one point in my life. I had like four and a half years of infertility, and um, everybody in church was getting pregnant. And all my, like, I'm like, come on. I mean, there were like high school girls in our church on their second kid at the time, not even kidding. And I'm like, but I love you, Jesus. You know, like, I remember being so just questioning everything and feeling just frustrated and discouraged, and my focus was on that. And I, it was a moment for me of like, I didn't need somebody to tell me that I needed to trust the Lord. Yeah. I didn't need somebody to tell me that I was wrong and I wasn't seeking the Lord first. And, you know, all these things that are probably true. I just needed somebody to walk alongside me and say, it's okay to hurt. It's okay to be afraid you're never going to be a mom. It's okay to struggle right now. And you know what? You can be frustrated with God. Jesus was frustrated. He hung on that cross and he said, why have you forsaken me? I don't think that was a moment of, like, we're besties right now, Father, and I'm super happy about what I'm experiencing. No, there was anguish and agony in that, right? We don't judge Jesus for it, but yet we judge each other for that. Yeah. And so we need to remember that as we're giving our kids support. They're going to mess up. You know, they're going to do things wrong. They're going to have wrong thoughts, but they need to see you stand by their side and say, I know that was tough. I know it was it was a tough choice. It was a bad decision you made, but you know what? The next decision is going to be better because I'm going to be next to you through it. 
there's a way in which we can support that's going to offer so much life and hope and potential in these girls, but we've got to be willing to give it to them, even at their darkest hour. Next is to be closer to God. We want to have a strong relationship, but we have a lot of temptations, and it's hard to not fit in. We want to be able to fit in. So when we go to the parties and, you know, we know we're not supposed to be drinking, but everybody's all, oh, but it's okay, you'll be fine just this one time. But, we're, but we want to be closer to God, but these people are saying, I can, and I just want to fit in. But Jesus, I love you, and I don't want to upset you, but I really don't want to upset them either. Yeah. So how do they do that, right? That's a big decision for somebody who, remember, at their point in life, developmentally, psychologically, their whole desire is to find a place to fit in and belong. So here they're in a place that says, but if I just do this, I'm going to fit in and belong. It's a hard place to be, right? So we need to give them options. Teach them teach them how to be closer to God. Set them up for when you're meeting with them, talk to them about how they get out of that situation. We have code in our house. Hopefully nobody ever listens to this that is going to need to know our code. We have uh, Aunt Teresa, and I air quote that for the recording. If my children ever text me or call me and say, I'm just really nervous right now. I know Aunt Teresa's in the hospital, and I just want to make sure she's okay. Okay, I'm on my way to get you. They don't need an out with their friends. They don't need to know. Their friends will never know they don't have an Aunt Teresa, okay? Never, ever, ever in their life. But I know that Aunt Teresa is a made-up person that says, I don't feel safe or I don't feel comfortable, and I need an out. So my reply to them is, okay, she's really not doing that way. Do you want to go visit her? Yeah. Okay, I'm on my way to get you. I'll be there in X amount of time. It's code word. All my kids know it. Give them the code word with you. Give them an out. Teach them how to respond. Even if it's just like a quick situation, give them a way in which they can say, I don't know what to do here, and I'm panicking, and I'm freaking out. Here's your out right now. Give them an Aunt Teresa. So the next thing that a teenage girl needs is confidence. I want to start singing the song, What's Wrong With Being? Like, okay, but I'm not going to. I don't know Con what song this is. <laughs> it was in my cheer dance one time. That's the only reason I know. <laughs> all right. All right. Confidence in ourselves and our choices in our looks. And you know what I mean? Do not judge. When your eyeshadow or your eyeliner is on point, you're like, ooh, I look good. You're like, I we all need that confidence in ourselves. Jeremiah is amen in that. I've seen that eyeliner. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's good you know like <clears throat> we help establish that confidence in them though when we when we do reward what they're doing right when we do acknowledge them when we do give them that that opportunity to say do this you know Bree is a 16 year old girl doing a breakout session in front of a bunch of women who have a whole lot more experience than them right but that's how you establish confidence <laughs> It's not to say yes. you get up here and you can teach us <laughs> and you're a better communicator than everybody else and you know exactly how to say what you're going to say. It's you have something to say. So I'm going to give you that opportunity. That's how you establish confidence. In your, in your rooms with your students, with your kids, let them have opportunities that are bigger than themselves. That's how they're going to believe in themselves. That's how they're going to know, okay, I did that, I can do this now. Now here's my next step. So give them opportunities to develop that confidence. And also they're looking for acceptance. They are looking for acceptance. And I talked about this a little bit. They don't want to feel shamed or judged when they make a mistake. Because, friends, we all make mistakes, and none of us like to feel shamed or judged. You. you know, most of the time, we know what we did was wrong. So throw back to what I said a few minutes ago. Just walk along their side. 
talk them through it. You know, as an adult, I do a lot of pastoral counseling in my church, and most of the time I feel like I say this more than anything else. I don't need to preach you a sermon, girl. I know. I know you know. I know you know what I'm going to say. So what are we going to do to get through this? You know, and, and give that opportunity. Um, but again, they need to feel accepted when they do well, which I am not spending a whole lot of time on that. That's easy for us. We can all yeah. accept the good girls, right? We're like, yeah, come <laughs> over, spend time with me. You're easy. But it's the ones who are struggling, the ones who you just kind of want to choke them out every now and then. <laughs> You're like, oh. Love them, accept them, pull them alongside you, and let them know that you're you're there with them. Say we we want to have a place to belong. You know, whether we're the the nerdy girl or the cheerleader or you know the all star player, the hipster, whatever we are, we just want to have a place to belong. And the next thing is we want to have identity and purpose. You know, this is still developing in us. You know, we need your help to shape it. You know, let us know things that we can do. You know, we're working on. At least for me, it's like, I go to college soon. You know, walk alongside with us with that. Ask us how, you know, hey, how's that college thing? Here's some tips that I used when I was going to college. You know, help help, help us form ourselves, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Yeah. How do I word that? Is that good? That was great. All right, great. That was great. <laughs> we got it. We got it in the room, right, ladies? So so I'm going to wrap up with actually what, what Linda was saying. You know, be real. Be real. Nobody likes to be around a faker. Nobody likes to be around somebody who is fake and two-faced and one way one minute and one way the next. And, you know, I'm saying this out loud, but I don't really act, act that way. Be who you are and let them see you being real in, in your hurts and in your pains. Let them pray for you. Let them know, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying be Eeyores because we talked about that. They don't need an Eeyore, no. but they need to know a... I hurt too. I don't have it all together. I had a rough week. You will come in. I don't care if you're teaching a girls class or a youth class or a kids class, wherever you are represented in this room today. You will come in at one point or another and you will not be as prepared as you should have been. Raise your hand if you've ever been that person. Okay. Right. We've all done it. We'll probably be there when the world has fallen apart. Or it's a matter of somebody else was supposed to do it and you're filling in at the last minute and you're like, oh yeah. All right. There are times when I have said, especially in youth ministry, I don't know why Wednesdays were my tough day. And I would be like, I had such a tough day today. Let me just lay this out for you. I am so happy to be here with you. Thank you for being my rescue. Like, and I, I let them know where I was. Like, It was bad. And I'm just going to let you know where I'm coming from, but I'm so happy to be here with you. Do you see how you can take real and still make it good? Because they need to see for their own lives. Okay, I'm going to have bad days, and there are going to be times that I'm going to hurt, and there are going to be times I need prayer, and there are going to be times when my world is falling apart, but I know that I could go to some people, and that's your role in this room. You are those people. You are the people who will be their hands and their feet when they can't get, get there on their own. You're Jesus with skin and bones, and that's what they need to see from you above all else. That will mean the world to them. If they can watch you follow me as I follow Christ it's not just flippant. Watch me. Live with me. Walk with me. See how I respond. But we've got to be willing to put that time and effort in. It takes a lot. But you can do it. You can do it. Because God would never call you to do something that he didn't provide for you. So do you guys? Yeah, questions? I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, because we've, we're dealing with a student currently, and we've got it from every youth leader or youth pastor position possible. 
but I don't think any of us have really used it from a teenage girl perspective. Um, and I was only a teenage girl three years ago. But it's still getting into that mindset. We have a girl who she continually asks us for help in something. And then when we give her our advice, whether it's that being real advice, like I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you, mm -hmm. or it is the sugarcoat advice, she turns it down every time. And so how do you go about how, as a teenage girl, would you want that leader to take that? Um, oh, goodness, that's a hard one. I don't think she's ever done that. <laughs> I love it. Have you had a friend who's confided in you from that point of view? Yeah. Then, like, if leaders treating you like this, have you, you know what to do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my goodness. I don't know. Even if you want to take it from the standpoint of a friend asking you for advice. All right, I can do that. Yeah. Okay. So, people, so yes, a friend has, you know, asked me for advice. And so, um, I'll, I'll just share it. A couple weeks ago, my friend was saying, hey, I really wanted to get Christian counseling, but this other girl in the church told me I shouldn't. And so, you know, now I'm feeling this way, and she's telling me all this different stuff. I said, and I looked at her, and I'll just, I don't know, Meredith will be her name. I was like, Meredith, you should. I was like, my mom's a Christian counselor. I was like, Hillary, who's our youth pastor's wife, I was like, she, I'm pretty sure she'd be more than fine to talk with you. And I was like, and whatever you're struggling with, it, I was just talking to her, and... Then she ends up, and she didn't take my advice. <laughs> she ended up, you know, moving out of her mom's house and, you know, going into an apartment and, you know, not making the best decisions. But um, for me, I was like, huh, I wonder why. Like, that's weird. Like, if she was asking me for advice, don't you think she'd take it? <laughs> but I think what I've learned now from that perspective, like, I tried to get into what her perspective of it was. And I think it's they feel down about themselves because you are wiser like you're wiser than them and you're trying to help them through it all but they they lack self-confidence so as much as they want help they don't want to take your help because they want to be you I guess I guess that's what I've taken yeah, from it it's a yeah, really yeah. really good perspective that's yeah and you do you see that I think that there's why there's that validity and and what would you do in this situation? What would you tell your friend? What would you think of, I would say to people, think of the person you love the most. Because you couldn't always say your, your mom or your s child or, you know, whatever. It's different for everybody. Think of the person that you love the most. What would you tell them if this happened to them? And let them come up with it. Yeah, in the back. Uh, That's really good, babe. Thank you. We know it's important for godly male role models. Oh, say that again. Come up here, close to the mic. But we know it's important for godly male role models and young ladies. Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> in the current climate, and we're lacking some better term, the new uh, <laughs> Me Too movement. Do we instruct our men to? How do we teach our men to? reach out, to mentor, to, to, to show the love of God to the young ladies in a healthy way and without fear. Sure. So, this is happening in the last breakout, don't worry. It was. <laughs> air on the lines. It's super annoying. Um, it can't just start, like, out of nowhere or that would be awkward. 
Like, if you, there's a dude that's never, like, talked to girls before, and all of a sudden he's coming up to all the girls in the youth ministry, I'm like, hey, honey, I'm just going to go with no, don't go there. Uh, but in all, in all seriousness, um, the best and easiest way to do it is to be alongside their spouse in ministry doing it. So that's, to me, the most effective and safest way is that it's a husband and wife duo. Yeah. Uh, just as really... There's just the basic training things that we would all know not to be alone with, don't have any sort of physical touch, um, especially even like even hugs, you know, things like that. You've got to be careful with that. Um, so you would teach those common sense things that we all learned, you know, whether it's in Bible school or you would just know not to do. Um, but beyond that, I would start doing as much team ministry as possible. Um, because then it's natural. It's expected to be there so that when... I'm just going to use Lance and I as an example. We've always done ministry together. So it would not have been out of the norm if he saw a girl in sun, on Sunday morning or at the store when he was out shopping to be like, hey, how you doing? How was your game last night? Because it was just natural for them to know that he cared, that he was alongside you know, me doing ministry with them and vice versa. So I encourage as much as possible to have your spouses along um, for the ride. Or maybe it's it's a son, you know. Some of you women are older. Your you know, spouses can't you know do that or whatever. But I took uh, Lynn Brilliers has her son come along. He helps with Powette. He's there. He works hard. He sets up. You know, he's a normal face. So if he goes up and starts and you know conversation with a girl, it's not like oh that's weird. It's hey he's here. He's invested in me. I've seen him year after year. You know. Uh, yeah. I would caution though that the, the man in, in the picture should never text a teenage girl. Right. And not include never. Right, and that's why we said before not to do that. Yeah. Right, yeah. So that's what we said before. Always have it in a group text or whatever. Um, was that a hand? Yeah. So do you do anything with the girls with you as far as teaching them what's appropriate? I know mm-hmm. with my own granddaughters, we homeschool there, and they're very outgoing, and they absolutely love their um, middle school husband-wife team. Mm-hmm. And I know he's come and talked to me before because they just hug on him to death. Yeah. They're going on 13 now. Right. So what do you do with the teenage girls? I mean, is there a point that you need to sit down and teach Just stiff arm them and be like, get off me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I know. And girls who are 
you don't. I mean, <laughs> ours are kind of immature because we raise them at home. Yeah. But the thing is, they're totally innocent. They don't mean anything. Right. But another girl might. So what do you do in a class setting? Do you have to have? I'm blunt. Class with the girls? So I'm just gonna preface with you might not like what I'm about to say, but you're gonna get Angel Perovsky raw and unedited right now. I am very blunt with my children and the people I minister with. Um, if you ask a question, I answer it honestly. And if I feel like it has maybe crossed a line, I let their parents know. They ask me about this, but God help me if I let them learn it from somebody at school. Like, I'm going to give you the real answer. Um, so for me, I do. I have those conversations like, hey, you know, there was a time when you didn't have, sorry, men, when you didn't have boobies and you hugged a boy and it didn't mean anything. But when your boobies touch a boy now, they have feelings inside we don't want to give them. Like, I'll have that talk. Um, somebody's got to tell them. And, and it should come from us, you know, and you can word it how you want to, you can word it how you want it, and you can be as direct as you want, but I would 100% have those conversations. And it doesn't need to be, I saw you do it. I'm always going to blanket it first. Unless I see a girl needs it, like, specifically because you keep crossing a line and you haven't picked up what I've put down about 45 times in the classroom, <laughs> um, I will I will then pull her aside after I've said it a couple times. But There's seen too much on video and I think it's okay. It is. I mean, we are we are desensitized, you know. So, yeah. At school, because I teach in eighth grade where they're transitioning from what's appropriate to do as an elementary student versus a middle student, and I think you could apply it on up. Mm -hmm. Not only do you tell them what not to do. Tell them what to do. Like, for example, my fourth grader still likes to hug, and we're like, oh, no, we're fourth grade. He's just called Right. You know, yep. Give them something appropriate to do so yeah. they can still have that relationship. But that it's appropriate for the, the pastor that's involved as well as the girl that's involved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take one more question. We're over. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just a real quick question for you. Um, in the situation where you have girls in, in church and they've grown up in church, but they get Facebook pages and things like that, and you start seeing inappropriate pictures, just, you know, nothing new to you or anything like that, but just how, how do you handle that being a leader? Because, you, like you said, you don't want to be their parent, but... I know personally that like, okay, so the other day I was wearing a shirt that had ties here. It was open. I had a tank top on. You couldn't see anything. But still, my youth pastor like, jokingly came up and yanked them so that way it closed all together. And like, just like as a joke, you know, whatever. Um, but I do know like if there's something online, usually a leader will be like, hey, I saw this. Are you doing okay? Um... I think that's just a really great way to go at it. So it's not it's not lecturing them, but it is like calling them out like, hey, there are other people seeing this other than you. Um, and just letting them know. And then after that conversation, you know, just know like, start it off with, you know, I love you. You know, I care about you. But I just want to make sure everything's okay because I care about you that much that I don't want you to stumble and fall. Just have a conversation. And if if they get upset with it, and most of the time, it's only weird because we make it weird. Yes. You know what I'm saying? If they start acting weird around me, I'm the first one. If I notice, like, oh, they're uncomfortable because I challenged them last week, I'm like, hey, Sarah, how are you doing? Like, there is no way you're not going to make eye contact with me and know I love you. We have just, like, blown that out of the water. It's not going to happen. Not on my watch, right? So, yeah, I, you just, again, blunt conversations. You're free to go. I know I'm past, but go ahead. I will we'll keep talking. I had an issue with friends. Yeah. And they were invading my space. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, like, I was just biting my lip. Oh, you didn't get it. I was like this. Yes. And we talked about it. And I, and I, and then uh, the teacher came in and I said, wouldn't it be weird if we were standing like this? Right. <laughs> and the girls were like, yeah. And I said, so there's time for hugging and stuff like that. But when you got three girls up in your face, right. you have to go, okay. Yeah. So I think you have to be direct. Absolutely. I'm all about that. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. Thank you so much, ladies.